thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is Steven Jensen. You're listening to the Fight Talk Podcast. Today's episode, I have Righteous Jesse returning to the show. Jesse is one of the owners, operators, bookers, promoters, whatever you want to call him, king of all trades when it comes to Southern Underground Pro, SUP, Subgraps. There's a company runs out of Nashville, Tennessee. They have another show coming up this Sunday, January the 20th, live here at the Basement East. It's called I Am King. The main event is Brett Eisen putting his SUP Bone Storm Championship on the line against Nick fucking Gage. Can't wait. The whole show is stacked top to bottom. Me and Jesse are here to talk about the show, talk about SUP, and I'm going to give you some predictions for the show as well. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this episode with me and Righteous Jesse talking SUP. I am King here on the Fight Talk Podcast. Well, first and foremost, man, how have you been since the last sub show? Uh, man, I've been pretty good. Just, uh, you know, working and then <clears throat> traveling to and from to see Brittany and got to hang out with her a little bit over Christmas and New Year's and just working really, man. I'm trying to get this show together and done, really. How have you been? Dude, thanks for asking. I've been really good. Uh, you know, same old, same old, but I will say I'm really, really excited for the show this, uh, this upcoming Sunday. I can't believe it's already this Sunday. Um, I am king, dude. dude. <laughs> it seemed like it seemed like it was like taking forever, and then out of nowhere, it's like, oh shit, the show is this week, and it's like, okay, well, hope we have everything, hope we're ready because it's go time now, basically. Dude, is this the most <clears throat> the most work you've had to put into any show so far? Oh, uh, really? No, I mean it's it's been pretty pretty tame as far as like stuff we've had to do. Uh, it's just like the anticipation the first show of the year the first show after a longer break um and then like it's always weird when you book like um a fly-in because like i get super paranoid uh just i mean you never know what can happen like you don't know if like maybe their flight gets delayed so much that they don't make it in or um you know like they can't make it for whatever reason it's just like you're like, fuck, like, all right, just let this one thing go off without a hitch. And if that happens, then everything else is pretty much just like you can fix it on the fly. But that one fly in is like, well, if we have them in a really prominent spot and they can't make it, like, what do you do at that point? You know, so like that's been the only real stressor of the of the entire show. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I, I'd imagine, you know, like, I, I expect the show to be so big, you know what I mean? Like, and that's from a fan perspective. Like, I'm expecting this to be, like, probably the biggest show you guys have done, if not, you know, comparable to the show that happened over SCI weekend. So I can only imagine, like, on your end, like, I mean, his patience has got to be nuts. Man, so it's, I feel like this one, and I, I like, I don't want to sound, like, conceited or even jinx us, but I feel like this one has, like, the most buzz out of any show we've done which is pretty wild considering that we put pretty much the same roster and added Nick Gage and a couple of others, you know, like we didn't, we didn't like book every name we could get. Um, and it, it's just crazy that like, I'm hearing that people are bringing multiple people to the show that have never been to a sub show or never been to a wrestling show. And then like, just, just like seeing the pre-sale numbers already has been crazy and hearing the amount of people that are planning on buying tickets or have, you know, have no people that are buying tickets. Like, I don't know if I've ever heard this much talk about tickets between wrestling fans about our shows yet. It's crazy. Yeah, man. I've been telling people about the show as well. And like letting them know you want to get these ahead of time because this is like, seriously, this isn't like me, like selling people on the show that like you, you might get turned away at the door if you don't get tickets in advance for this one. We, we've looked at the, the pre-sale numbers and we've kind of been talking amongst ourselves, like what our typical walk-up is. Our typical walk-up is about a hundred people, and we're not too far off on that on pre-sales. And I'm gonna say the capacity with the ring in the building is give or take 250. And if if pre-sales are close to 100, and our usual walk-up is 100, and you know, I, capacity includes like staff and wrestlers as well. 
I mean, it's really close. Like, cl- the closest it's possibly ever been, even now, and it's not even day of the show. Well, and you guys are going to have extra publicity in the area as well. Like, I don't know if you can talk about it or not, like what publications, but I see you mentioning on Twitter, like there's there's multiple Nashville-based publications that are picking up stories about SUP now also. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, last week I just submitted an art, uh, like a, a brief little written interview um, to the East Nashvilleian. And then uh, we, you know, we talked from, we talked, uh, we were in, we were in contact with somebody uh, from the Nashville scene um, and sent them some stuff about the show, like the flyer and some, you know, like a small write-up. Uh, and it's just crazy. Like when we when we started doing this, we were like, man, if we could get some love from the city, that'd be really cool. Uh, and now, like some of the biggest publications in the city, you know, are contacting us to do write-ups, and it's it's really, really cool. It kind of just, you know, makes you take a step back and just be like, man, people outside of our little bubble are noticing and it's really cool. Yeah, man, it really is. I mean, I'm so happy for you guys, man. I really am. Like the amount that this company has like just, I mean, just grown in general from something that like I didn't even really know much about to, you know, show after show. It's like you guys keep putting on a fantastic product. The matches all deliver. The atmosphere is awesome. The Basement East is the perfect venue. Um, at any point, like, do you think, like, you know, it's like a hard question to ask, but do you think you guys have almost outgrown the Basement East just because, like, the crowds might be getting to a size where you don't want to be turning people away? Um, I, it, it is a really hard question to answer because, you know, I consider a, an out, us outgrowing the Basement East, I would consider that to be, like, if we if we sold it out and people got turned away multiple times at that point, I would be like, okay, maybe we've outgrown the basement East up until that point. I would probably be more on the side of calling it a fluke. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something we've talked about. Like it, it's, it's a good and bad problem. You know, the basement East has been so accommodating and really just like the best ever to us. Um, you know, we stop and we think, well, if we can sell the basement east at roughly 250, you know, where can we go? That's not too much bigger than that to, to where it looks empty. If we have 250 people in there, you know, or, you know, like where do we go? And realistically there doesn't seem to be many options. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what we would do if we technically outgrew the basement east. I don't know if we would just kind of, you know, ride it out and stay there for a while. And, you know, if you get turned away, you know, we, I mean, we truly hate it. Like, we wish we could cram all of you in there. But, you know, I just, just from doing punk and hardcore shows, I would be very skeptical of doing anywhere, you know, even 100 people bigger than Basement East. Sure. Well, and on the flip side as well, you know, it's like, it's always, I feel like it's always better to have like, you know, like a sold out show than like, you know, like a quarter sold show or something. You know what I mean? Like the Basement right. East, like being able to sell it out, like it would be a bummer if people wanted to get in couldn't get in but it would be way better than like say like a high school gym that you could only get like partly full or something like that right because then it's like i don't know it's it's just like you you always just want to have like the the biggest and best show possible but rely you know just going back to the mine and coups like punk rock ethics like i mean i'm pretty sure we've both been to shows where you know the capacity has been met, but it's run by, you know, punk kids and they just, they sneak you in through a side door anyway, you know, right, like, right. We, we'd probably want to do something like that, but uh, I don't know if we can get away with it. it. People got turned away at our first show and it like, as much as it sucked to hear, um, you know, it was, it was still kind of cool. Like, Oh, you know, people just on this first show, people took notice and, you know, we really couldn't fit as many people in there as we expected because we mismeasured, but uh, you know, it, you never you never want to see people get turned away and you always want to see people get turned away you know it's yeah. like that weird balance and give and take yeah for sure and i mean like even like uh sci weekend i mentioned that a minute ago that crowd i'm pretty sure you guys started like like an hour or so late because the crowd was so long like wrapped around the building yeah i man i can't remember it may have been you or my friend jeremy uh, but one of you told me when he got in that the line was wrapped around the building. And 
I kind of just, I don't think I heard it properly at first. And I was like, wait, what? And uh, that, <laughs> I, I just never expect that ever. Yeah, it's incredible, man. Well, I mean, that all being said, as far as the actual show goes this Sunday, it's called uh, I Am King. And I think I have the full card here. I'm not 100, 100% sure. Um, I have one, two, three, four. I have five matches down. Do you know if that's the correct number? Or at least what the uh, people would know? There's a, there's a few more. Uh, we'll go through the five that you've got, and I'll pull it up on my phone, and we'll, we'll go from there. Okay, cool. So the first match I've got here, we got Alley Cat and Savannah Stone. This is obviously a big deal for, I mean women's wrestling and just like independent wrestling in general. It's really cool that you guys are putting on women's matches. And I know it's something that you guys tried to do for quite a while. Like it was like almost like a jinx. Like it almost kept happening. And then like it finally happened and the people in the basement used to love it. Um, what's it been like, you know, getting Alley Cat and Savannah Stone on these kind of shows, man. Man. Uh, the fact that we had such terrible luck with booking women's matches and still somehow pulled it off was just a wild as shit. Uh, I'm really excited for this match because, <clears throat> I mean, we've all known that Alley Cat is one of the aces of sub. Uh, and I first saw Savannah Stone at the Making Towns Classic at the fairgrounds. Uh, and I was very impressed with her work. Uh, I think we all, you know, were when we were throwing our own names for, you know, potential, you know, women's wrestling matches. Uh, Savannah Stone was very high at the top, of, you know, very high on the list. And... You know, the the pieces literally just fell perfectly in our laps to make this match happen. I don't think it's a first-time match. I believe it's happened elsewhere. Uh, but the pieces literally just fell perfectly into our laps. And we were like, yeah, let's let's run with it. Savannah's somebody that we wanted to bring in. Uh, we wanted to book more women's matches. Allie's pretty much our ace. Let's see if she can hang with Savannah, you know, in Nashville. Pretty much Allie's home turf, I guess, as opposed to Savannah. Yeah, it kind of is, right? Like, the basement needs to love Alley Cat. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know if I should do predictions for this show or not. Like, because when I show up to sub shows, the people I pick against actually call me out sometimes. You get, like, almost, <laughs> not not mad about it, but, like, I get some shit for it sometimes. So I'm, like, on the fence about even doing predictions, but I think I'm going to, just for the hell of it. Just for the just for the right. show. I'm going to take Alley Cat, but, uh... I love that matchup, dude. And and like like we both said, it's a great thing that you're you're doing this stuff with women's wrestling. Um especially like like you mentioned, like I remember at one point it was supposed to be Alley Cat was supposed to be a part of the first women's match and it wound up getting shifted to Alley Cat versus Slutty Cat at the last minute. So like it almost kept happening, but like finally is now, which is great. Yeah, I'm I'm just really happy it worked out because it's something that we wanted to do and I think kind of our collective unspoken resolution for the new year was to try to book more women's matches and sub. So, I mean, why not start with the first one if you can make it work? Hell yeah, man. And then uh, up next, the next match I've got here, we got Stokely Hathaway versus Mr. Brickster. I love this matchup for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Stokely is like my favorite character on like the indies right now, as far as just like a guy who I just think is absolutely hilarious, especially like what he does on Twitter and stuff. I just, just always entertained by him. And Mr. Brickster is a guy that, I mean, he's, he's like rapidly improving and still hasn't had that many matches, but every time I see him, the crowd's always behind him. And this is like a really kind of character based match, but it could be really interesting in the ring also. Like, how did you even like think to put this one together? Well, uh, pretty much we decided that we wanted to put Mr. Brickster in a match with somebody who had been around a little bit longer than he has, somebody who's, you know, been up and down the roads and traveled and, you know, just been a part of the independent wrestling scene long, longer than he has, somebody he could learn from. Um, not saying that anybody can learn anything from Stokely Hathaway, but uh, he does have the experience advantage. And that's something Mr. Brickster needs in his career is to wrestle people with an experience advantage because that's the only way, whether they're, good guys or bad guys, baby faces or heels, uh, that's the only way that you're going to learn to operate in a ring with anyone, really. You know, you got to learn characteristics of somebody like a Stokely Hathaway so you can prepare to wrestle a Stokely Hathaway. Uh, just as he was, you know, if he were to wrestle anybody else, you know. I think it's, I think the match is going to be a lot of fun uh, because, like you said, it is very character-based. And uh, 
the stuff that Stokely has put on the internet uh, in regards to Mr. Brickster, a.k.a. Romance, yes. has been, as much as I hate to admit it, top-tier uh, Twitter material. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this match. I'm really hoping uh, Mr. Brickster can get rid of Stokely Hathaway for us. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm taking Brickster for the win is my prediction. And I, I love the matchup, dude. I'm really looking forward to it. And I do think it's really funny how Stokely has, like you said, he's incorporated Mr. Brickster's reality show past as romance from, what was it called? Flavor of Love? Is that the right name of the show? I I think uh, Brickster was on I Love New York. I think it was oh, like oh, sorry. Flavor of Love was like for Flavor Flav. Okay, yeah. It was like an offshoot yeah, of I those shows. Yeah, I think the New York girl came from was actually Flavor Flav show. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're, at the very least we got we got to be pretty close on that. Um, but yeah, it's funny hearing, cause I didn't even know Brickster did that until I interviewed him on this podcast. Like he brought that up while I was talking to him and I was like, wait, you were on VH1 reality TV before you were in wrestling? Like he tries to gloss over it. It's so funny. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, it's so funny. It kills me every time. Cause like nobody ever knows when he just like, he just says it so matter of fact that you like literally have to like spend an extra second to process it. Cause you just. Who the fuck says that? Right. Well, and he was, like, such a different dude on that show, too. I don't know if you've ever watched any clips of it. Oh, man. Yeah, I've seen a few clips. Like, a few people have been like, is this the guy? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's him. That's Brick. <laughs> oh, man. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, love that matchup. And uh, another matchup I love, man. I, I love all the matchups you got here. But the next one I have on my uh, my screen here is Cabana Man Dan and Mance Warner teaming up against the production. Cabana Man Dan, somebody who the basement East just loves. Uh, and it's really great to see him getting kind of his due because I didn't know how long he had been in the wrestling business until I saw his interview on Southern Origins on the uh, what was Powerbomb.tv, now independentwrestling.tv. I saw that interview that he did with Carrie Awful, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't even realize like how old he was in general because like, he seems like such like a young guy. and. Right. You know, seeing him like get over the way that he has in SUP is amazing. I mean, it was cool before I even knew that, but knowing that just adds like another level to it. And and Mance Warner being a guy who is tailor made for a crowd like the Basement East. I mean, lariats and light beers. The guy is fun to watch, and the production's one of the you know best tag teams in SUP, which is another thing you guys have been <clears throat> excuse me upping your game on the tag team division in general as well. Um, give me your thoughts on this matchup, man, and how this all kind of came together. Well, uh, you know, Cabana Man Dan and Marco were, you know, a tag team, and then, unfortunately, Marco, you know, was injured, broke his leg. Um, so we had this match booked, and we went to Dan, and we were like, you know, do you still want to do this? Like, do you think you could find somebody? Or, you know, what should we do? And he was like, no, I think I have somebody in mind. Uh, let me let me make some calls, and then he got back to us actually pretty quick, and he was like, "All right, uh, I've got someone, and I think this is really going to work." He said, "I've already got a tag name," and I said, "All right, what's the tag name?" Cabana Mance Dan, <laughs> and I was like, "Mance Warner." All right, let's let's roll with it, and uh, here we are. I mean, the production you know is, is a tag or really a faction that we wanted to work with early last year probably uh, before Magnum CK had to retire. And, you know, we, we wanted to use all those guys, you know, in a different way, but bring them all in, you know, in future of the production. Um, so it's cool that we're still getting to do that uh, with Derek and Eddie um, against Cabana Man, Cabana Man Stan. Uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, the production, they like, they like to goof around a bit. In, uh, in their matches and, and do some fun stuff. And then Cabana, Cabana Man Dan and Mance are always two of the most entertaining people you can watch. So I imagine if you put them in there together, uh, I don't know, man. I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. I think a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with it. I think I think it's one of those matches that's just going to – it's just going to be a riot in person. Yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, obviously, shout out to Marco Stunt. You know, mentioned the tag team. Uh, they might be Giants was a uh, was the team there that was really doing great things. Like it was, it's cool seeing like that alliance. Even when Marco was the uh, Bone Storm champion, it's like 
it almost reminds me of like old WCW storytelling where you kind of had like, you know, you kind of have guys in sub who work as singles and tag team guys. So it's like they have like these alliances, but can kind of do their own thing, but also be in tag teams, which I like a lot. Also, uh, I have it on pretty good authority that the guy himself may actually be at the show on Sunday. Ooh, geez. Okay, well, that just sold a few more tickets, probably. Anyone who just heard that. (laughs) So uh, get your tickets fast. The guy may be in the area. So love it, man. And more, I got more tag team wrestling here in front of me next. I got Sad Comp versus the Jollyville Fuckets. Is this the Fuckets debut? They're from the St. Louis area, like Glory Pro and stuff, right? I know they're from the Midwest. I believe they're from more the Cleveland area. Uh, this is the Jollyville Fuckets debut. Uh, little behind the curtain. Uh, we actually tried to get uh, Nasty Russ and T-Money, the Jollyville Fuckets, in the Battle for Bone Storm tournament on the first show, uh, but schedules didn't line up. So this has been a long time coming. Uh, Jollyville Fuckets, probably one of my favorite tag teams to watch on the independents. Uh, I think a lot of people sleep on them, and I'm glad that we get to give them, you know, a platform against probably one of the more well-known tag teams in stuff, and it, definitely one of the fastest rising tag teams in independent wrestling, Sad Comp. Uh, <laughs> these... They're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Like, there's really no nice way of putting it. They're, if you like physical wrestling, then I think you're really going to enjoy this match. Yeah. Yeah, it's some good stuff, man. Like, <clears throat> I remember, because the Jollyville Fuckets, also known as the boys from Jollyville, and, I, you know, I, I, I interviewed Danny Adams a while back, and I specifically remember him saying that this tag team is, like, the most underrated tag team that he knows of. So... You know, keep your eyes out for these guys. I'm really looking forward to the match. And, of course, you have Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini, who, I mean, just for what it's worth, I'll, I I filled out a, uh, a ballot for the uh, Southern uh, Awards that Dylan Hales is putting together. And I had uh, Kevin Koo versus Tracy Williams as my match of the year for the entire Southeast region. Like, that's how much I think oh, of wow. Kevin Koo. And how, I, I, dude, I love that match. That was, I absolutely love, I think that was the best technical, technical match that Supps ever had. And it was the most I've ever seen. Like Koo's all, you know, Koo's good. You know, it's, he's always been fun to watch, but I feel like he took such a massive step up in that match and never looked back. And he's been doing such good things since then. No, I, I think that was, Koo's kind of coming out party that match. And uh, I feel like at the end of it, you can kind of see a weight lifted off of his shoulders because, you know, he found out he could hang with Hot Sauce. And, I mean, Hot Sauce is really fucking good. I like, there's really, he's insane. Like, I love watching him because, one, he's so good. And, two, like, if you just watch his facial expressions, he looks like a maniac. And it's incredible. And it just makes... That was one of the things that made that match for me, watching their facial expressions, because you could just see the frustration. Um, yeah, Jollyville versus Sadcomp. Uh, it's going to be physical. Uh, if you've never seen the Jollyville Fuckets live, uh, my first impression of them was walking into Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Cleveland, Ohio, for AIW. And the first thing I saw was T-Money pounce somebody over the guardrail. They were standing flat-footed on the floor, pounced them over the guardrail into the crowd. So... <laughs> Oh and the nasty roast with a sick cannonball off the top rope. <laughs> That's so nasty. Love it, man. Um, is this a part of the tag team tournament that you guys are doing? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to keep up with like how kind of like those brackets are working because I don't think you ever got, you ever put out like a physical like bracket right to like, for everyone to kind of we, see. We haven't yet. We've been working on getting something more formal put out. Uh, that way, everybody can kind of keep track. Um, but we're, we're, we're trying to get that, you know, fully prepared that way when we put it out, you know, it's very easy to follow along with and we're still kind of, uh, working on a a few little surprises for that tournament. So awesome. Good deal, man. Um, the other match I have in front of me is the main event. So I want, I want to get to that last and I know I'm missing like Craig Mitchell and some other guys. What are some of the, what's the next match that you've got that I haven't hit yet, Jesse? Well, Craig Mitchell is actually wrestling Stab. Right. <laughs> uh, I love that, dude. That's been a long time I'm, coming. I'm really hoping we finally get to figure out who this, this Stab character is, uh, because for a lot of time, people were pointing fingers at me, 
And I think we finally put that bed, that rumor to bed uh, at the last show when Stab was standing directly across the room from me. Mm-hmm. You were on commentary so, and he was on the stage. I remember. Yep. I I literally was just like, he. it was so strange. I, I look up and it's like dead ass directly across the room from me. And I was like, well, you can't accuse me anymore. Oh, man. Uh, another <laughs> match. Uh, one that I'm actually really looking forward to, uh, the War Horse Jake Parnell versus Teddy King. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, that's a great match. Yeah, that's going to be... Uh, did you see the promo that Jake put out today? No, I got to check it out. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, man, it's on Twitter. He he put it out. It's about, uh, I think, just under two and a half minutes, and he goes into great detail, and uh, I feel I almost feel a little bad for Teddy King. Almost. Dude, Jake Parnell's been killing it, man, like all over the place. Like anyone who's, you know, familiar with independentwrestling.tv, I feel like every time I turn that thing on, he's having a match with somebody. And he's like stealing the show most of the time, too. I uh, I voted for him as my most improved wrestler of the year in those uh, Southern Awards as well. Like I, I just really think he's grown a lot. And he's one of those guys that I really think is kind of like putting this whole scene kind of on his back going forward as like one of the top guys. I just think Jake is so well put together. Like he embraces the wars character so well. Like sometimes you don't know where, where he ends and it begins. Um, and then he's just, he's literally putting so much time into himself and his body, trying to be as strong as he possibly can training constantly. And then just his body work as well. Jake's been one of my, you know, favorite guys to watch for a while now from when he was in Viking war party to when he first started doing, you know, the whole, the whole war horse deal. He's just, He's a guy that's just gotten better progressively as long as I've known him. And it's been, I'm, I'm just waiting for the right eyes to catch him, honestly. Right. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, oh, and also, I don't want to like glance over Craig Mitchell. I want to go back to him for just a second because he may be listening to the show and I don't want him to knock the beer out of my hand at the basement East if he sees me for not talking about this. But he is. Um, I had him once again, I keep bringing up these awards because like I just filled them out the other day and it's like fresh in my mind. And I had him as like one of the top three guys to watch in this next year on the indie scene, man. Like I, I love what Craig Mitchell does. I think he's, he's a lot of fun to watch in the ring, but he's like a believable asshole also outside the ring, which, you know, I, I really, really love what you guys are doing with him and stuff. And I could see him as being like a big part of y'all's future as well. The amazing thing about Craig is, he he is a really damn good wrestler, but also I've known a handful of Craigs my entire life just going to hardcore shows, and it's like, it's real. Like, it, Craig Mitchell is Craig Mitchell, and it's real, and I love it. And it's one of my favorite things about Craig is that it's just, it's real. And, uh, yeah, just going to hardcore shows, you meet guys that are, like, kind of that bully style you know like they're, yeah. just, they're just bullies and yeah man that's that's real i love it that's, i mean he really other people that probably don't <laughs> well there's certain fans that he picks out every time which i think is hilarious like there's the dude i wish i knew his name on twitter he's blonde bangs Taka. so shout out i don't know your name i see you at every show i see him at every show that i go to even if it's not sup um he's the dude who dressed up like uh brian knobs at the last halloween show like, I'll never forget okay. it. And uh, he's front row at every sub show. Like, he's always there. Um, and you'll probably notice it now because, like, you'll be looking for it. But every time I've seen Craig Mitchell do his entrance, he gets in this dude's face to the point where I'm like, it's, like, so uncomfortable. You know, it's like, it's the feeling of Craig might actually hit this guy. Like, this is, like, this is not, there's, a, there's like, a line being blurred right now. and And obviously, you know, Craig's not going to attack a fan. Like, don't don't go to the show thinking like this guy's gonna like actually beat you up. But he makes you think like he might he might actually do it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, Craig is super believable, and when he when he's able to blur that line and run with it, kind of instill that fear in a wrestling fan, like it's kind of incredible. Because I used to get that same fear when I'd go to a hardcore show, and I wouldn't know if I was going to get hit or beat up or anything. You know, you just you kind of thrive on it. It makes you, it, it kind of makes the whole experience even more enjoyable in hindsight. Yeah. Well, and I became a major fan of like, so I'd never seen him before until 
until a sub show and i can't remember which one it was it was it was his sub debut and he he like he literally knocked the beer out of my hand like i mean granted i was very drunk i watched the like the video because there's like a short clip of it like you can kind of see it happen on the stream because like i went back and watched rewatched the show and like in my mind you know he like wound up and like hit me you know but like I, I watch it back and like he he barely touched me i was just so drunk that i couldn't hold the fucking beer but <laughs> but but i oh, it was the same night that you wrestled brett eisen actually i was fucking slammed during that um and I, but i'll never forget like i i walked up to him after the match like like at the intermission and i was like hey man like you fucking knocked the beer out of my hand and he was like oh dude it's all good, man. Like, I'm sorry about that. Like, it's just, a, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, he's actually, he's actually a pretty fucking nice guy if you don't piss him off. So, um, <laughs> and like, it turns out that, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that like, I'm really, really pulling for, like, I, I see honestly a really bright future for him. And that match with sat with stab is going to be interesting. Cause you know, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are going to do, but I'm very eager to find out who the fuck this guy is under this mask. So, I mean, I'm hoping we get it. Craig, uh, Craig was messaging me the other day, and we were going over some stuff for the show. And uh, a direct quote from Craig Mitchell is, "Stab is going to fucking die." <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. Oh. We have a, an actual murder on our hands. I love it, dude. Um, what what other matches you got in front of you that I missed out so far? Let me go ahead and pull it up real quick. All right. We have we got uh, O'Shea Edwards versus Doctor Daniel C. Rockingham. Talk about it, man! O'Shea is somebody who, I mean, he's like right up there in that title picture talk, being associated with Brett Eisen and you know Brett turning on him after winning the belt. Like, what? There's got to be a pretty high stakes matchup, right? I mean. O'Shea Edwards, you know, he's fought for where he's at. If we had a ranking system, he he would absolutely be towards the top. Um, but Dr. Dan, I mean, you got to watch Dr. Dan. He's wily, you know. Like, I've seen him do some pretty underhanded stuff. He'll never admit to it, but I've seen him do some pretty underhanded stuff. And uh, I think I think O'Shea better not let his emotions get the best of him because everybody's thinking this is going to be a murder of Dr. Dan, but... I don't know, man. I think uh, I think Doctor Dan's planted some banana peels, and there there's going to be some dastardly things happening in this match. Whether it's O'Shea beating living shit out of Doctor Dan or Doctor Dan pulling out every dirty trick he can, uh, it's I hope for I hope for Dan's sake that he pulls out literally every single trick because he might actually we might have two actual burgers on our hands if, if O'Shea has his way. <laughs> well, and O'Shea is pissed, man. Like. I mean, for those of you who might not be caught up to speed, and I highly recommend you do, once again, on, on independentwrestling.tv. I'm not sponsored by these guys, by the way. Like, people have asked me if I'm... Because I plug IWTV all the time. I'm not sponsored or endorsed by those guys. I just want you guys to know, like, this is where to go to find this stuff. And O'Shea Edwards uh, was uh, was basically... What I'm getting at was saying, you know, check out the last show if you haven't already. Basically, at the end of the show... O'Shea Edwards gets attacked by Brett Eisen. And, and the reason being because Eisen's the champion and O'Shea wants what Brett has. But now he's not just dealing with, you know, you know, not just being in the title picture, but also, you know, getting stabbed in the back by, you know, his longtime tag team partner as well. And Dr. Dan, I don't know as much about him. Like, where's the best place for people like me who aren't as, a, you know, as well known uh, to what he does? Like, where's the best place for me to find what he's been doing? Oh man, you can catch Dr. Dan at AIW. Uh, there's a, there's a few other promotions in in Ohio that he wrestles at, but predominantly AIW. And he's been on a couple of sub shows. But if you're really if you're really looking to uh, dig deep into that Dr. Dan wormhole, AIW would be your best bet. There you go, AIW. And then uh, what else we got? We got we got a scramble match featuring Joshua Bishop, Gary J, Jaden Newman. Steve Manders and Graham Bell. Wow. Okay, that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I, I don't even know how this all came together. <laughs> what so? What is there a? Is, so th this being a scramble match, like what are the rules of this match? 
uh, first fall to a finish. Uh, you know, as always, all all Southern Underground Pro matches are referees' discretion. So if you know Jade Newman decides he wants to clock Grand Bell with a chair, and Doug or Will decide they want to let it go, I mean, it'll it'll go. You know, uh, this is just going to be one of those fast-paced, hard-hitting matches. You know, I feel like. We, we talk about this when we have booking meetings and we feel like scramble matches are almost expected at sub. Yeah. So we try to provide interesting um, interesting scenarios for scramble matches, people you may not ever think about seeing in the same ring together. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for this match because I feel like Gary J looks at it as an opportunity just to chop as many people as possible. <laughs> right. Right, so who who all do we have there? We have Gary J, we have Jaden Newman, a.k.a. J.V. Newman. And who else we got okay. in that one? Steve Manders. Okay. Uh, let's see, Joshua Bishop. Okay, Slutty and Cat, but, but not kind of shedding the Slutty Cat moniker, like trying to distance himself a little bit from that, at least for the time being, it seems like. Yeah, I, I think Joshua Bishop, he's, uh, he's ready to show people that he's more than just a cat. Uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> It, it, he's another one you can catch on AIW, uh, and if you if you keep up with him, especially I'd say the last six months of 2018, he he has some real bangers in AIW. Um, I believe he wrestled. Yeah, he had he had a crazy feud with Josh Prohibition through 2018 at AIW. Um, so yeah, I highly suggest highly suggest checking out his his work in AIW. Um, this is just gonna be a lot of fun. It's like it's people that you really wouldn't expect to ever really cross paths, and here they are. It's just a weird meeting of people, a weird collection of people. Yeah, I like it. And also, shout out to uh, Black Label Pro because I know Josh Bishop has been doing stuff with them as a part of like Tom Lawler's uh, kind of stable of uh, fighters, if you will. So I think that's really cool. Oh also. yeah. Um, it seemed like uh, it seemed like the more he did with uh, with Tom Lawler, he became more comfortable as Joshua Bishop and. Decided he didn't need the whiskers anymore. Right. I think, wasn't it, like, over the span of, like, one weekend at one point, he, maybe, like, well, the span of two days, where he was dressed up like a nun at BLP and then dressed up like Slutty Cat at Suck, like, back-to-back days? He's a man of many characters. <laughs> yeah, that was an actual thing that happened. <laughs> what a life he lived. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, What else we got? We got the main... All right, just left all the stuff. The main event, and this is a this is a big one, man, uh, for a lot of different reasons. I, I think that you know, obviously, okay. Well, the match is Nick Gage versus Brett Eisen. The Bone Storm Championship is on the line. The Bone Storm title being, you know, the heavyweight title. It's up. I uh, I don't know if I've seen so much buzz about a single match yet since y'all have been around. Man, um. It's crazy. We uh, we sat down and you know before you know before the end of the year we sat down. And we were all talking. And we were like, how how can we make this a memorable comeback? And you know we knew the call out was going to happen eventually. We knew it. We knew it was either going to be Nick Gage or Eddie Kingston. You know we knew Brett was going to. The sooner Brett won that title, we knew he was going to shoot high. Uh, I mean, because if you look at it, he's run through everybody we put in front of him, myself included. He made mm-hmm. a very light work of me. Um, so, I mean, when you feel like you're above everyone, what do you do? You just start calling out the people who are above you. Uh, Nick Gage is a hell of a place to start. Um, you know, no matter what, Brett will always be my best friend and my brother. I wish him the best of luck because fuck is he gonna need it (laughs) (laughs) well you know just between me and you and you know obviously anyone who's listening to this um i think that brett is is the right guy for what you guys have done with him man i really do i think that uh the way you know the way that you know sorry that you're on the other end of the line but the way that he dismantled you dismantled each member of the carnies you know one by one worked his way up the ladder essentially not that he needed to but more so because like he wanted to. He wanted to get rid of all these people that were close to him. Then he goes out there and he takes out Marco's son for the title. And a match that was a lot of fun. I, I really, really enjoyed that match from the start to the finish. And for him to be standing there with that title, then he you know stabs uh, O'Shea Edwards in the back. I just, I think you guys have really, 
you know, between you and Brett and everybody involved, everything that you guys have done, you know, up to this point as a company, I think it all kind of culminated in you guys getting like your perfect champion right now. I really think it's worked out great. I I really do appreciate that. And I think it's one of those things where I've said it from the beginning, our crowd is very trusting and very supportive, you know, as much as I feel like they all wanted to boo Kurt Stallion from the very first show until he turned, they followed us and they waited and they waited and we thought we were going to lose them, but they waited. And then when they finally got the boo Kurt Stallion, it was, God, it was incredible. And I feel like even though everybody hates Brett, yeah, I mean, he is very hated at sub. Like, Jesus Christ, is he hated. Um, I feel like even though they hate him, there's still that level of respect. Yes. So when he won the title, it was like, damn, as much as we hate you, we can't take this from you. You know, you worked for this. Literally everybody that was put in front of him, he just ran through them. So... I mean, and I mean, you know, shit, you don't have to apologize to me. I knew what I was getting myself into when I stepped into the ring with him. It's just, as much as all that hurt, uh, it was really good to stand there across the ring from him and feel that energy. Because, um, I mean, that's just not something you feel in everyday life, you know, that, that talked about thriving off a sense of fear. Like, I knew I was in way over my head. Um but I'm just I'm proud of him, you know, with as with as much grief as he's caused and as much havoc as he's wreaked. Uh, I'm just proud of him, you know. He's he's come a very long way, and uh, he's got the ultimate test in front of him this Sunday, Nick Gage. Well, you know, I think that he's, I you know, I think it, it's what happened with anybody who kind of rises to the occasion, not just Brett, but I mean, I've seen it in Brett. I feel like where you know he got that belt, and I think he hit just another level of confidence which I think is like very important. Like, uh, cause I feel like he got that title and he knew, like if he didn't know already, he knew you guys are behind him. Like we want you to be the face of this company. And he went out there. He had that match with B boy. That was amazing, man. I watched that on YouTube when it, when it went up and Oh my God, what a great match. And and that's something where like you, you just kind of see like the sense of pride where, where he's taking this belt, not just not just defending it here at SUP in Nashville, he's taking it elsewhere and defending it against guys that he idolized coming up. So, I mean, all around, I, I just think it's a great thing that you guys have been doing with him. And, and him, you know, doing it for himself, you know? Right. And, I mean, if you look at it, it's just been ego boost after ego boost for Brett, you know? You go from winning the title, which he's openly said means a lot to him, to wrestling, not only wrestling, but hanging with and beating B-Boy, you know, for that, you know, to retain that title. And then you look, and then you got to turn around the next month and you're wrestling Nick Gage, another former CDW heavyweight champion. You know, it's it's just, you know, confidence boost after confidence boost. And I think Brett's going into this probably the most confident he's ever been, which, you know, could potentially provide us with the most dangerous Brett we've ever seen. So, which I don't is... know, man. <laughs> I think we're going to have some sort of classic on our hands. I, I I agree, man. Like, And that's scary to think about. And even more dangerous, Brett Eisen. And obviously, I don't want to glance over Nick Gage. I mean, it's like I'm I'm very heavily talking about Brett right now. But all I really need to say about Nick Gage is it's, it's Nick fucking Gage. Like, you know what you're getting. He's going to show up. We we know what he's bringing. I mean, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to find a more legit person in the world of wrestling. And, you know, that goes all the way around. We got to talk some business at Phoenix City Invitational this past year. And uh, it's something that we were, you know, working on at the time. And then a few months later, the pieces finally, you know, fell perfectly into place. And, uh, you know, literally fell perfectly into place because now he's wrestling Brett Ice and the title's on the line. When we were initially talking about bringing him in, you know, we were like, well, what do we do? What do we do? And now... You know, why not have him go for the biggest prize in the company? If I feel like if there's anybody that can stop Brett right now, it would be Nick Gage. Well, there you have it, man. That's the show. We got I Am King coming up. Southern Underground Pro, January the 20th in the basement east, Nashville, Tennessee. Jesse, thanks again for coming on the show, man. You're one of my most frequent regulars on here, so I always appreciate your time. And make sure to let everyone know where to find you, where to find stuff about SUP, like anything you want to plug. Go ahead, man. Well, Thank you, Stephen, for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Anytime I get the chance to do one of these, uh, you know, we're just very grateful that we have such a supportive, you know, fan base and people like you that back us and allow us to do this. Um, we'd love to have you join us 
this Sunday at the Basement East. Doors at one thirty. Show at two twenty dollars tickets. Uh, for any updates, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sup underscore graps, and the Facebook is just Southern Underground Pro. And if for whatever reason you would like to keep up with me, you can find me at Righteous Jesse. Awesome. Well, Jesse, thanks again, bro. Um, I'm going to let you go and wrap this thing up. I will see you live this Sunday at the Basement East, man. Sounds great, man. Have a great night. Thanks. You too, man. All right. Thank you once again to Righteous Jesse for dropping by the show. And thank you very much for listening. I noticed right after we stopped recording that I actually stopped doing predictions at some point during the show. So I'm going to give my full predictions on the matches that I can remember because I don't have the full list in front of me. But just for the record, I'm going to take Alley Cat over Savannah Stone. I'm going to take uh, Mr. Brickster over Stokely Hathaway. I'm going to take Cabana Mance Dan over the production. I'm going to take Sad Comp over the Jollyville Fuckets. I'm going to take O'Shea Edwards. I don't. This is where I don't have the rest of the list. I'm going to take O'Shea Edwards over Dr. Dan. I'm going to take Gary J in the Scramble match. I'm going to take Craig Mitchell over Stab. And I'm going to take... Brett Eisen over Nick fucking Gage to retain the Bonestorm Championship. I apologize if I missed any predictions in there. And if I did, once again, I'm very sorry. Uh, I try to do my best, but I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, like I said, with me and Righteous Jesse. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure to hit the subscribe button and you know download the episodes that you like. Leave me a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you listen on. It really, really helps me out a lot. And Anywhere you want to uh, help me out even further, you know, whatamaneuver.net, good place to get my merchandise, got multiple designs, got, so I almost, that sounded weird, multiple, I got multiple designs, uh, different colors, you know, different stuff, t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, everything. So once again, that's at whatamaneuver.net. Any money I make on that website goes right back into the podcast and right back into my Twitch channel, my Twitch channel being twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. So if you want to check that out, I just got a new setup. For my Sega Dreamcast games, so I can play Dreamcast on Twitch now, which is a lot of fun. And I still play, you know, my Xbox One stuff, play Fortnite, play UFC 3, Madden, uh, WWE 2K19, play a little bit of everything. And once again, Sega Dreamcast, so I'm playing Power Stone, Power Stone 2, Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, a bunch of random stuff on there too. So a lot of fun. Once again, twitch.tv slash fight talk underscore. Um, I don't know. I the best place to follow me is going to be on Twitter at fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore on Twitter. Um, that way you can stay up to date with, you know, the articles that I write, um, do writing for Sobros network, do writing for fightful.com. I also do the fightful select weekender podcast every Saturday on fightful.com. I talk about all the major stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling that's going on outside the WWE. So that's a lot of fun. That's on Patreon for the fightful select service. And, you know, my MMA articles, MMAonPoint.com. I run the social media for those guys. The YouTube channel is MMA on Point. And, you know, make sure to check out our social media too. The Twitter is at OnPointMMA and the Instagram is MMAonPoint. I appreciate that. And definitely check it out. If you're a fan of mixed martial arts, I honestly believe the content that's put together between the videos that Jason, Tom, Tommy Toehold, and everybody involved with the videos does along with, you know, the graphic design work that I've learned to do through those guys and everything else that we do collectively as a team, I really think that we're on to something very special in the MMA space. So if you're a fan of MMA, please check that stuff out as well. Um, that's all I can really think of. I got I got other stuff you can check out, but like I said, Twitter is the best place to follow me to kind of keep up with everything. And I want to give a shout out to my sponsors before I get out of here, starting with WrestleRumble.com. WrestleRumble.com is the place to be for fantasy pick'em contests for WWE shows. If you want to win some serious cash for the Royal Rumble, jump on the website right now. WrestleRumble.com. The top prize for the Royal Rumble pick'em contest is $1,000 cash. You heard me right. $1,000 cash for first prize. There's money for second through fifth place. There's also an NXT TakeOver um, Phoenix contest as well. I don't know the prize list for that just yet, but it'll be available soon. The best way to keep up to date with them is following them on Twitter at WrestleRumble and once again, joining the contest. You can win $1,000 for sitting on your couch and predicting professional wrestling at WrestleRumble.com. So definitely check it out. You will be very happy that you're a part of these contests. It makes these shows a lot more fun to watch, especially if you're not that into the WWE product right now. It really makes it 
way, way, way more fun to be a part of when you have something on the line like that. Also want to give a shout out to Heroes and Legends. Heroes and Legends is a professional wrestling and uh, collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autographed memorabilia, and other unique wrestling memorabilia. Memorabilia is such a difficult word to say. I know I say it all the time, like during that plug, but I, I say it like three or four times during that, and I always get tongue-tied. But Heroes and Legends is really a great place to go for your pro wrestling stuff. Like if there's like an action figure you've been looking for, or like, you know, like a doll or an autograph or a, an 8 by 10 picture or something that you really want that you've been looking for, Heroes and Legends might have it, and they might be able to help you find it if they don't have it right now. They're really nice people that do fair business. You can't ask for anything better in this crazy world of professional wrestling. Like I said, the people are great, the people are nice, and they will do fair business with you. Go to them for your pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia needs, even like old magazines and stuff. I mean, just check it out. They got a lot of really cool stuff. Make sure to follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling. And last but never least, shout out to my brother, Brian Jensen. Brian Jensen is a pro boxing coach. He's a corner man. He's a personal trainer. He can help you lose weight, get in better shape, learn how to throw hands, whatever it is. Just reach your personal goals. Give him a follow on Instagram, at Atlanta Boxing Coach. Once again, that's Instagram, at Atlanta Boxing Coach. He can help you with anything you need. If you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area, he can help you uh, in person. If you're even nearby, he can meet up with you. If you aren't, he can help you remotely. So still hit him up, and he'll work out something with you online to help you reach your goals. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen right now. Well, that's going to do it, guys. Uh, I'm going to have some episodes coming out in the next uh, kind of days and weeks. I recorded some stuff with Kayla, a.k.a. the Sheenom on Twitter. We talked NXT UK TakeOver as well as AEW, which I think will be one episode. And we also do predictions for WrestleRumble.com for NXT TakeOver Phoenix as well as the WWE Royal Rumble. So keep your eyes out and your ears open for that. And until then, I'll be back soon.